When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Well, where to even begin? Because (laughs) there's a wave, various waves of emotions that follow a game like that. Um, I mean, let's just start in the most obvious place. You know, I think I am somebody of a big imagination, right? And I am prone to hyperbole. I like to think that I'm kind of, uh, you know, I have some sort of footing in reality, though, at least. But I cannot look at that decision at the end there as anything other than dodgy. How it's taken him three... If he's offside, that doesn't take three minutes to decide, right? To show a freeze frame of him apparently being offside as well is dodgy. We all saw the fact that the ball was headed back. <laughs> like, it... What's, what the fuck do you do from that? We'd won that group. We were through to the next round. And now we're not, basically. And that is very, very hard to stomach. Um, I'm sure there'll be some Manchester City fans watching on and sort of thinking Crimea River or whatever at the moment. But that's a fucking disgrace. That's a fucking disgrace. And, you know, I can take VAR. I know VAR is definitely one of those you win some, you lose some. We've had some bad VAR decisions in the past and I've, I have taken them on the chin. I don't like VAR overall as a concept. I just don't. I think it's shite. VAR to me, the implementation should be, for example, somebody's head-butted a member of the opposition team behind the back of the referee, the whole crowd are reacting, players rolling around on the floor, and the referee saying, what the fuck have I just missed? And somebody can look at a monitor and say, right, matey's head-butted matey behind you. Go have a look at the screen and send him off. I understand that type of thing. The implementation at the moment is fucking shite. Um, and it's, you know, I think we'd be naive. We're through the looking glass here, people. We're through the looking glass, right? But I do think we'd be naive to think that Things like VAR can't be prone to corruption. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck. Shut up. Shut the fuck up. It's fucking annoying. It's a shit decision. I think it's bent. But whatever is shit. And it's really like a lot of this feeling mostly is that I've just been going fucking potty watching us just win our Champions League group in the way that Spurs do it in the Champions League, save the best to the last few minutes, that late gratification, that nail-biting, horrible finish, and we get it over the line, and having that snatched from us right now, having the prospect of a grisly away day at Marseille now, 
in order to kind of stay in the competition pretty much because it's such a tight group. It's must win. It is must win, you know? Um, that's that's hard. That's hard. Um, you know, I had a lot, a lot of bad feelings for a lot of our team during the majority of that game. But there was a lot of spirit. There was a lot of fight shown in that last one. 10 minutes in particular, let's say span that out to about 15 minutes, maybe 20 minutes if we include injury time in there as well. <sighs> Brian Hill was a bit of a game changer. We'll do the the player-by-player player things, but he was a sub. Um, so we'll talk about this a bit more. You know, as I, as I was, as I, a visionary, was saying a few weeks ago, I like Brian Hill. I like his endeavour. I like the way he can come off the bench and cause problems. And he did that again tonight. He was an absolute handful. It was night and day between him. I keep saying that, by the way. I've noticed, do you know what I mean? I've noticed the more I do these pods, I'm coming out of all these cliched... I'm not doing over the moon. Um, I haven't done... What's the other one as well? Bounce back we go again, scratching our heads. That was one of Glenn Hoddle's big sayings when he was manager, wasn't it? I'm scratching my head. Um, but yeah, it was night and day. Go back to where I started. Between Lucas and Hill. Hill came on and, in my opinion, completely changed the game. His directness, his running at the opposition, he just he caused problems to them. And I understand it. I, you know, I don't... I don't want to see him start Premier League games, I don't think, anyway. Not right now. But do I want to see a lot more of him? Yeah, I do. I really do. He was brilliant when he came on today. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and to me, it's just indicative of Conte's risk-averse philosophy that we don't see more of him. That he's just seen as this last resort to bring on in a game like that. He shouldn't be that, you know? I understand it. I understand to a degree that Conte likes to have complete control over things. He's got whatever his automations or this type of thing. Can we just say his method of football or something? I don't want to keep saying automations. Makes me think of Transformers. Um, that he's got his he's he's got his methods, and this sort of headless chicken almost young lad that runs around and just sort of is a bit of a chaos element yeah it's uncomfortable for someone like Conte but you just gotta fucking embrace it lad you know um, if I if I recall correctly when he was at Chelsea he actually fell out of Eden Hazard for much the same reason um, and I recall him bringing Eden Hazard off in the F, off the bench in the F was it the FA Cup was it was it Conte I think it was wasn't it in 1819 I want to say, or was that the year when maybe eighteen nineteen was the Manchester United year? Um, I don't know. I can't remember. Fuck it. Um, no, I think that Hazard coming off the bench in the FA Cup was Mourinho. I'm not sure. Go on then. I'm talking to Doc once again. She wants to leave the room. Um, yeah, just not not. I'm not happy with Conte this evening. Um, you know, that second half, all right, he, 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 I think he brought Hill on in, almost in spite of himself. 
the game plan was the same turgid, boring shit we've seen for the past few games. Just, I don't know, awful. Up until, like I say, the last 15 minutes or so when suddenly we're back in it. Crowd gets behind the players and their tails are up and they go for it. And I almost feel that in those situations, it's out of the manager's hands. This is just nature. This is just what happens in football. Um, and it just, you know, the the universal energy takes over. Oh, it's just, man, it's so gutting. This is so gutting having to do this because... Yeah, you're all feeling the way I am. I know you are. Like, it's so hard to because I'm. I mean, sitting here going on about content, going on about the system up until that point, but it almost all feels irrelevant now. Like, it's just so heartbreaking to see that happen. Um, we could have won our Champions League group tonight, you know, or were it not for that, and it almost makes. I mean, that's the joy of football, right? That you can have a manager that you can be split on. You can kind of not like his philosophy or certain decisions that they're making. Or you can there can be certain players that you don't even like or whatever. But when it gets down to it, when it gets down to football in its most visceral level like that, Ben Tanker's equalised. There's 10 minutes left on the clock. You're at home. You know you're going to win your group from this point. The crowd just pulls the ball over the line. And that's that's football. That's football. That, that's what we love, right? It's at its rawest, at its most primal and just... It's just it's the magic, you know? It is the magic of it. Um, and to just have some fucking dweeb in a room somewhere burst that bubble it's just it's grim it's grim man and I know it's done us some favours in the past but honestly honestly get rid of it man get rid of it it's completely the antithesis of that the purity of football it's the total antithesis of it and to me, it's it's one of those things where I think the powers that be, the footballing authorities, I think the Premier League, for example, the way that Manchester City are turning it into pretty much a one-club division, you're probably going to have Newcastle up there a couple of years' time. So we'll be like an SPL. You've got Rangers and Celtic up the top, bashing everyone else aside and if they don't get a grip on it if they don't get a handle on this stuff if they don't get a handle on the appropriate use of VAR technology in football if they don't get an appropriate handle on vulgar spending of clubs if they don't get a handle on host nations of world cups and their appalling treatment of workers in in creating these tournaments they they're gonna lose like the game is it is trite and i get it and we're yeah we're all gonna watch it but 
everybody I know, mixed age groups, I'm talking mixed age groups, coming from my dad to people who I work with who are younger than me, who are 10, 15 years younger than me now, are all saying the same thing, that they're getting bored of it. They're getting bored of football, that there's just, there's there's an ennui that is being placed over the sport that we're just, we've all slept walked into. But I, I say this stuff, but what are we supposed to do? Yeah, you can say we vote with our feet, but Spooky in um in Spurs White, if anybody hasn't seen Spurs White, it's a thing I did during lockdown. Um, basically an hour-long film of Spurs' season, or Spurs' calendar year. Um, it was a, basically a, a, a rip-off of Charlie Brooker's um, yearly wipe stuff. And Spooky, I got Spooky to do write and do a little section on that about modern football. And he was just saying, the problem is the game's already won by them because they know we're never going to give it up. No matter how dejected we feel, no matter how shit we think it is, we'll still pay our money. And if we don't, there's somebody who will take our seat. Um, it's, yeah, I'll post that link out again. I've put, I've put it on Twitter before. It's called Modern Football. It's, honestly, it was spectacular, the sort of things we did. And I was really proud of like the imagery and the sound and stuff that I produced around it and engineered into sort of making it... a. Uh, a kind of, you know, whatever it is, that sort of Adam Curtis knockoff audio visual theoretical experience if we're gonna get pretentious. Um but the game's gone, mate. In short, too long didn't read, the game's gone. Because that's that's just really that's fucking gutting, man. That's really gutting. That's worse than that's worse than Newcastle, you know? Like it's a different type of worse. Different type. But oh God. That's fucking horrible. That's really fucking horrible. Um, let's go through the players. Hugo Lloris, alert, man. Yeah, he made a couple of decent saves, but these wobbles are more and more and more. He didn't get punished today, but when we all won one up, he did another one of his running way out of goal, getting caught by the attacker, getting skinned by the attacker. I can't remember who it was that he was he was up against, but you know, as I tweeted, he's lived long enough to see himself become Brad Friedel. It's miserable. Um, the lads on the extra inch were talking about this this week. In that the unfortunate thing for footballers is that generally speaking, people will always remember the tail end of their kind of time and it, it can tarnish things a bit. And it's almost like now <laughs> we are through our own kind of negligent recruitment and such, we are allowing Hugo Lloris, who is a club legend, make no mistake, 
to tarnish his own reputation now um because it's it's getting miserable it's getting like no it's not really getting like that it's a, it's a different thing but all i mean by this is like and i don't have the same affection for him as i did for ledley king but as i've sort of said before on here at the end of ledley king's career there were a few games when it just became unpleasant watching him because it was it you know it was like a, like i've said before it's like seeing your dad get slapped up by a gang of teenagers or something like that like you just don't you don't want to see that and like i remember i think it was a game against norwich when ledley just was having his ass handed to him all game it was horrible i think they beat us at the lane as well um and hugo at the moment it's just it's it's becoming uncomfortable watching him he pulls off the odd decent reflex not the odds he pulls off consistently brilliant reflex saves but we just got to spend some serious money and replace him i don't know ask nathan a clark who we should sign instead um it's not my it's not my wheelhouse but i can tell you and i'm sure you all know i don't need to tell you anything everybody knows his time has come you know and it's just you sort of wince watching it now um Ben Davis, you know, fine-ish. Um, didn't really provide us anything going forwards. The sort of generally what you want from Davis's ability to carry the ball. He was sort of trying his best, but it was sloppy. It was a scrappy game. Defensively, I thought he was okay. Um, I wouldn't really put him at fault for anything tonight. Um fine just a fine performance Eric Dyer look we we were all speak, speaking about him at the moment everybody's speaking about him at the moment it's fucking terrible again today if, you know, like, if he'd had a great defensive performance I'd be pissed off of him for two two fucking golden opportunities he squandered um, if you're going to get up into the box Eric fucking use your head properly right Otherwise, stay back and defend the fucking goal. Um, you know we know he's we know he is capable of scoring a decent header, but two two decent opportunities that you absolutely fucking squandered. Um, defensively speaking, shocking again tonight. His passing, his distribution, shocking. He kept knocking the ball back to Lloris and kept knocking it short. Awful. Like a real horror show from him at the moment, and it is you know people keep saying it ever since his England call, and that leaves everyone to speculate: has getting his call up for England? Does it make him take his foot off the gas? Has it got onto his head? Is he suddenly worried about now missing the World Cup? Or fuck knows, you know whatever's happened, something has happened. Um, and he needs to give his head a wobble, and he needs to get on with it. I, you know, I I still don't you know. I don't think we need to get rid of him or anything drastic like that. You know, in terms of like, I've seen some people say, let's move, move Romero centrally and put Sanchez right centre-back. Nah, I mean, nah, for me, sorry, just it's not the one. But 
now I'm much more open to, you know, a few, few weeks back when I was saying, I don't actually think he's a priority position to upgrade. I'm falling into that camp of people now that thinks it probably is, which is unfortunate because he was one of the best performers under Conte. Maybe he'll get that back. You know, maybe it is a blip. We'll see. I'm not saying I'm definitely there yet, but it's not. It's not been. I mean, the 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 problem is is that his drop off isn't just oh you know he's a, he's been a bit slack in comparison. Like when you see Virgil Van Dyke have a few off games and people are being like, and it's noticeable. That's generally him, just kind of not reading the game that well, losing his marker, losing his mark a few times, having to resort to fouling somebody. And people say, oh, Virgil van Dijk's going through a bad spell. And I understand Eric Dyer isn't Virgil van Dijk. Not many other players are Virgil van Dijk. But my point is more that Eric Dyer's drop-off has been... He's solid. And I think it was it was John Bass talking on Fighting Cock um, on the preview pod saying the thing that's been brilliant about Eric Dyer this year is that you've not really noticed him at all. There's been no cause to single him out or mention him whatsoever which is for a center back probably means they're playing very well. But now it just feels like he's gone to just a complete catastrophe again. Uh really disappointed. Christian Romero a disappointing game again I thought to be honest. He pushed up well in the second half, uh, provided that pressure for us so yeah, he won a few points back for me there. I know some people are quite uncomfortable with him doing that, but I am assuming that this is something that Conte wants him to do. I thought he was... To be honest, I saw Dyer and Lloris getting most of the flag. I thought he was hugely... I thought him and Hoybier, to be honest, were mostly at fault for Marcus Edwards' goal. Um, I I saw some tweet in the late, later part of the second half of somebody saying, I think Christian Romero is still backing off, which pretty much sums it up. He, uh, yeah, I don't think he's a false prophet. As I said to my mates in a fit of rage on WhatsApp, but I think he's got to work hard. I don't know if he's let his own hype go to his head a bit or something like that, or if he's concerned about the World Cup. And this is the thing, it is hard to draw these conclusions. It is hard to draw these conclusions. I keep referencing other people's pods, but, you know, it's interesting. I listen to most Spurs pods. Cosmo in the N17 pods, he said earlier that the thing about, you know, podcasting and just football discourse in general is that we're up to the minute and we're reacting to everything as as it happens. And we are, you know, forced... I mean, nobody's got a gun to our heads, but still... Figuratively speaking, we are forced into making kind of calls on things as and when they happen. When really, you know, you only, you've only got the best idea of how somebody's played or performed or a team has done at the end of the season. But with the World Cup coming up, it might be a completely different yeah, second half to the year. We really don't know. But for now, we can talk about Romero and we talk about Eric Dyer and we talk about Ben Davis and say, you know, 
maybe the World Cup coming up is is fucking fucking with their heads. Even Perisic, you know, a real non-entity of a game, other than the fact he almost provided, well, sort of was the provider behind the the guy before the assist for the the winner that was not. Um, and I've sort of hit a point with him now where I'm like, his Tottenham career so far, it's net underwhelming. I don't think it's bad. Shows my words very carefully. Underwhelming. Um, which is a shame. So I had really high hopes of him. Again, he's another player that's got one eye on the World Cup. Definitely going to be his last World Cup. What is he, 34, 33, 34? So, yeah, you'd imagine it's going to be his last World Cup. But still, just, yeah, not great. I don't think his crossing has been particularly that sharp. He doesn't seem to be able to beat a man. His shooting, I, I don't know what's happened to that because one of the things I was really hyped about before he signed was these fucking Gareth Bale-esque shots that he was twatting him from all over the shop. I've not even seen a sniff of that type of thing since he's been here. Like I say, net underwhelming, and I thought today was pretty perfectly, pretty perfectly encapsulated his Tottenham career so far. Just meh, really. Rodrigo, Rodrigo Bentancur scored the goal. Glad he got one. Well taken. Their keeper was on a fucking madness. If, you know, trying to appeal that, I get it. Of course, they're going to appeal it, but fuck off. Absolutely do one. He just got done in the air. Great goal. Um, all right performance, I thought, from him tonight. Not one of his better ones, as we've seen in the past few nights, but it was difficult. It was a real battle in that midfield. And uh, as I often talk about them together, I think it's appropriate... I don't think he had the the best help tonight. Hoybier had a bit of a stinker, but I'm not going to dig Hoybier out because he's probably fucking knackered. He's probably half injured um, because he's been overplayed. Uh, and I've said it myself. I can't revise history. I've said it myself that he was probably in undroppable form. But I'm a fan. <laughs> I'm emotional. You know, you you don't want to see your kind of best players, and he probably has been our best player on balance this season, dropped from the team. But you would probably think that a manager or coaching staff would say, "Let's give this one to Skip today." You know, um, because yeah, he's clearly shattered. He wasn't he wasn't the Hoybier we've seen this season today. Like I say, he was. I think he was partly at fault for Marcus Edwards's goal. Marcus Marcus Edwards is a is a tricky customer but you would sort of hope that Hoybier would be able to deal with that opportunity as it was and it was more that he was like physically kind of pushed off of the ball by a guy that's half his size you know um and that's probably not fair you know Marcus Edwards is a tenacious he's a little shit house of a player as well that's what makes him so great so you know but but it's more to the point that I think that Hoybier is just looks tired. He looks physically drained. 
don't know how fit he was going into this game. It's just mad that he trusts Basuma that little. Um, and I get it, really. It's just tough. But, I, yeah, felt for Hoybier. And I felt for Bentanker because I think it did have an impact on Bentanker's performance because I just don't think Bentanker was playing with the same freedom that he has been the past few games. Um, he just, yeah, he seemed a bit more kind of tense and a bit more reserved in his in his overall sort of play. So we didn't see the best of him. But, you know, like I was saying of, of Dyer earlier, you know, Bentancur today, I think there's worse things to be said of a player in his position than he did an all right job. You know, that he was there, that he was fine, especially the way he operates for Spurs. Matt Doherty, you know, I've been sort of leading the charge for him to start over Emerson. Might as well have been Emerson. Like, I thought a terrible performance from Doherty today. Really disappointing. Didn't use the ball at all well. Was just physically not up to it. Um, Sporting do seem to be a pretty quick, pretty direct team. Um, So, you know, I guess Doherty is probably not fully match sharp yet. Can be forgiven. Probably deserves a bit of slack, but... At the end of the day, it's a must-win Champions League game. How much fucking slack do you give a, an athlete who's paid probably 40, 50 grand a week, if not more? At the end of the day, you're fucking ready or you're not, you know? And it does beg the question, what the fuck does Spence not do or do that is so terrible that he cannot get a look in at all? Um Well, let's move on to Sonny anyway, um, because I tweeted something which has been, obviously, as you'd imagine, quite polarising. Guy's a Tottenham legend. He's up there with Sheringham, probably surpassed Sheringham now for me. But are we getting to the point where we need to maybe start accepting the fact that Son is no longer an elite level player? I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying bin him. I'm not saying it's all finished. Choosing words very carefully. I'm saying that Son is potentially not an elite level player because it seems like this form of his is spanning out now. It's the the rot has almost set in. He's had his Leicester hat trick, but other than that, he just seems a yard off the pace. It seems that his decision making hasn't been great. 
He keeps running into opposition defenders. His shooting feels off. It just, it's not happening for him at the moment. It really isn't happening. And we know Son is a streaky player. Um, people say it's disrespectful to say that of him, but I think it's true. I think we, many of us can say that is true. In good faith as well, not trying to sort of win any arguments or anything at the end of the day. It's Son. I love the guy. Absolutely adore him. Um, but just not not a great performance tonight, I didn't think. Um, and I do worry about him. I do worry a bit, but, you know, he's still one of our greatest ever players. And it doesn't mean that it's it's the end of it for him, but maybe it just means we need to sort of think of ways to use him differently now. Maybe he's been asked to do the same role that Son of two, three years ago was being asked to do. We saw Rooney at the tail end of his career start becoming more of in the central midfielder. I'm not suggesting that for Son, but I'm just saying that maybe his talents need to be kind of regathered and reappropriated, potentially. That he's not going to be this explosive, kind of dynamic winger inside forward. What 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 he looks like maybe is just an out and out striker, you know. Who knows? Who knows? But it it is starting to get a bit concerning. Um, Lucas, I don't thanks thanks for Ajax, mate. But see you later. I couldn't even tell you what the point of him being on the pitch was this evening. Awful performance. Just he looks overweight. Um, I know those in glass houses. I try my best, all right. Leave me alone. Give me a break. Alright. Just they just shouldn't make crisp so tasty. Do you know what I mean? But you know, Lucas just What's the point of him? What's the point of that performance? If we're saying that someone like Jed Spence isn't ready, is Lucas Moore already? Like is that if he's What's he been like in training? Because that was not a player that looked up to it tonight at all. Anywhere close to it. It's awful. Um, get him gone. Can't be bothered. I don't want to see another performance like that. I don't. I just put the two of them up top. It's a waste, waste of space, waste of time. And like I was saying with Brian Hill at the start um, on that, yeah, maybe I don't want to see him start Premier League games. I do like him as a super sub, but... I'd rather seen him start than Lucas tonight, um, but I don't. You know, I do want to maintain the fact that I I like Brian Hill's energy, coming off the bench, causing problems to the opposition, being that kind of chaos element. Um, that's where I think he's going to be best utilised, and that's where I, I still want to see us use him for now. Um, but if it's him or Lucas Moura, then it's him at the moment because yeah, Moura is going to be playing like he was playing tonight. No, thank you. Harry Kane, last but not least, not really much of a game for him tonight, was largely anonymous, didn't really get much service, but the goal that wasn't a goal, he took well, and that's that's the moment that should have been, that's why you have a player like Harry Kane, because he's there and he'll do that to you, and he'll do that to the opposition, and he can hurt them like that, but it was robbed, it was robbed from him, it was robbed from us, uh, it's just... Just awful. Just awful. What's the point of it, you know? There's not much more to say than that. Maybe he's a bit tired. 
it's just it's awful he scored a goal he scored a goal tonight and we don't get to celebrate it Tottenham don't get to go through to the next round of the Champions League and he doesn't have another one for his record so all in all shite um I hope this has helped people in some way. It's bit, do you know what? A few people... Like, the Arsenal one was horrible. United was all right. Newcastle was okay. This has probably been the worst one to record, honestly, because I just feel really fucked off and I feel really dejected. And I really just fucking hate football at the moment, you know? I hate this kind of modern vision of football that we just sort of sit and beam into our eyeballs and I sit and fucking talk into a microphone about... Um, I hate it because I love it so much but it, it is warped and it is different and look I know a lot of this feeling is influenced by the fact we've you know had a last minute goal chalked off and that is painful but it doesn't mean that these feelings haven't been manifesting for a long time we've all spoken about them at length on Twitter on podcasts wherever um and tonight was just an example of the real shitness of it. Uh, thanks to everybody who is supporting the show via the Buy Me A Coffee site. You can see the link in the bio on Twitter. Really appreciate it if anybody else can. If not, not to worry. I understand. Um, please do keep... I'm seeing like lots of the views and ratings and everything are going up. So again, thanks to everybody that is... Uh, that is leaving them if you are still one of those that's still listening and thinking fuck off mate I can't be asked can't be asked to go into the app and just click on a a little star you know five stars not one little star five little stars alright but it's like you know it's one button it's not you don't click five stars I don't think like as in like you don't click it five times you just press one five star button that's the button to press do it and if you can leave a review, that's mostly for for Apple podcast users. Please do. Please retweet the show. Please validate me. Please listen, Dad. <laughs> Please. Come on, you Spurs. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.